Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you both so much for joining the Michigan Minds Podcast. I'm very happy to be able to speak with you both today. Can you start us off by just please introducing yourselves and sharing a bit about your roles at the University of Michigan? My name is Margie Pillsbury, and I am the DPSS SVU Investigations Coordinator. I've been with um, the Division of Public Safety and Security for 15 years now, and I was one of the founding members of our Special Victims Unit in 2014. And our unit um, started out small with a handful of people and now has grown to where we have positions at the Division of Public Safety and Security as coordinators, um, trying to oversee and work on policy and training and things like that. My name is Maureen Burke and I have been with the Division of Public Safety and Security for 29 years. And currently my role is the DPSS SVU Outreach and Engagement Coordinator. I work on presentations, and engagement opportunities with our staff, students, and community, as well as educating our officers on trauma-informed response to calls for interpersonal violence. Thank you both. Could you elaborate a bit on the Special Victims Unit, what it is, and what resources it provides? The Special Victims Unit now encompasses Maureen's role as coordinators, as well as we have um, police patrol officers who are part of the SVU team who have advanced training in responding to sexual assault. Um, we also have a detective bureau that has a sergeant, Paula Williams, um, a detective and an investigator that work full time on SVU cases, as well as other roles um, throughout the division in community engagement. And then we have liaisons in our security departments as well. We work really hard to try and provide a survivor-centered and a trauma-informed response to sexual assault. And part of that is our commitment to survivors of sexual assault department issued back in 2014. And if you don't mind, I would like to share some of the highlights of that commitment. Um, we promise to always be supportive and not um, prejudge anyone who's filing a report. And we've adopted the campaign of Start by Believing and each one of our officers are committed to that as well as our department is committed to always start by believing. Um, we're willing to meet with survivors at privately at a place and a time of their choosing. So typically people think of calling the police and they show up at your dorm room or you have to go to the police station to file a report, but we're willing to meet survivors at a different location at a different time, whatever works best for them. Um, we will help survivors engage medical treatment and make sure they're aware that they have the opportunity to have a free sexual assault evidence kit collected both at the university hospital and at the university health services for students. We connect um, survivors with support services. We have a very good relationship with SAPAC and Safe House Center, and we work um, to make sure survivors know that they have those confidential resources. We treat everyone with dignity, courtesy, and professionalism, and we will always do our best to accommodate a request if someone prefers to meet with a female or a male officer. If we're able to meet that request, we will do that. We handle these cases with discretion. We, do, we never release a survivor's name to the public or to the media. We don't contact parents or guardians. 
And um, we promise to conduct a thorough investigation regardless of your age, race, gender, sexual orientation, and we will assist you through the process, keeping you informed of the progress of the case throughout the court proceedings. If we fail to live up to this commitment, um, our chief of police, Robert Newman, is willing to meet with a survivor and talk through anything that someone perceives didn't go well, because we want to um, be supportive. And that's the commitment that we've offered. Some of the other initiatives we've done is we have created three trauma-informed spaces our officers to use to meet with survivors. We have one on North Campus, South Campus, and Central Campus. And the goal there is to create a, create a more comfortable setting for a survivor so that they don't have to go to a traditional police station um, to talk to an officer about their case. So that's an option that we've made available. And we continue to work closely with our community partners. We want to be a resource to survivors, providing them with information about reporting and the criminal justice process. And we not only investigate sexual assaults, but we also provide prevention and awareness presentations to our community as requested. So this month is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and we're so glad that you are able to be here and talk with us about this so that we can share some really important information. Can you tell me why Sexual Assault Awareness Month is an important observance? So April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and really the important thing we feel is that bringing awareness about the prevalence of sexual assault can help those that are impacted and help them understand that they're not alone and that help is available and that the assault is not their fault. And most importantly, that they are believed. Uh, survivors are reluctant to report for a number of reasons and we provide information about processes and empower them to make informed decisions. It really lowers the barriers in reporting. So we really like to create dialogue that debunks the myths about sexual assault and open opportunities for survivors to work with police and advocacy to get the support that they need to move forward. Um, we also work on prevention strategies throughout this month and just awareness and education to our community and staff members and visitors to the University of Michigan. We feel at the Special Victims Unit that we really highlight that this is April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month so that survivors know that we are here to support them. And whether it is moving forward with the criminal justice process or not, we do not force survivors to move forward in the criminal justice process. What we really want to ensure is that they know that we are here as a resource and really connecting them with advocacy and support throughout the university is what is important to highlight. What is important for people to know about sexual assault? So when we meet with survivors, we always inform them and reiterate that there is no obligation to move forward with the criminal justice process. You know, they have choices and options throughout the entire process. So if they choose to file a report or not, it is their choice. If they do file a report, but then at some point choose not to move forward with the court process, that's okay because it is their option. And so we just want to make them aware that they have options when it comes to sexual assault reports. And I would say one of the big messages that we really want um, people to know about sexual assault, um, as Maureen mentioned, that it is more prevalent than most people realize that it affects people from all backgrounds. 
Um, again, it is never the survivor's fault and that help is available. Um, through the university and throughout our community, medical treatment is available at no cost. People have a right to have a sexual assault evidence collection kit completed at Michigan Medicine or at University Health Services, and they're not required to file a police report to get that treatment. So that's one of the big messages we wanna get out. We also want people to understand that there are confidential resources in our community and those folks are ready to help. Um, sometimes it's helpful for survivors to talk to that confidential resource first to process what has happened, to learn about what their options are, to feel supported, and then they can um, consider filing a police report. And I think Maureen mentioned this earlier, but we just really wanna drive home the point that survivors can talk to the special victims unit officers and ask questions without committing to filing a report. We're not ever going to pressure them to file a report. And if they do decide to go forward, as Maureen mentioned, and change their mind later, we're not gonna be offended. We're here as a resource and we wanna help and empower survivors. Um, and again, all survivors should always be believed and supported. And another key point I think we've talked about in the past is that sexual assault is the most underreported crime. Um, and it's a very serious crime. And so anything we can do to remove barriers for survivors to connect with the criminal justice system, that is really the mission of the Special Victims Unit. How can community members help remove those barriers and reduce the stigma around discussing sexual assault? So we always recommend our staff and students that want to get involved is to support and participate in community projects such as Take Back the Night, Survivor Speakouts, and SAPAC's Bystander Intervention Projects, but also going to the Start by Believing campaign website and take the pledge to Start by Believing. We really uh, have learned over the years that survivors do much, much better in their healing if they are believed and supported by not only family and friends, but also the community. And so we really um, try to push the Start by Believing campaign and that for staff and students to make that pledge to be supportive of sexual assault survivors. And in this month of sexual assault awareness, we also have different initiatives around campus that we're working on. And one of the things is Denim Day. And we um, would also encourage staff and students to get involved in that initiative and Denim Day um, has been an internationally celebrated event since 1999 in protest of an Italian Supreme Court ruling that overturned a rape conviction because a victim was wearing jeans. So, you know, this campaign is about a survivor that was assaulted in 1992 and her perpetrator was convicted, but in 1999 that was overturned because the Supreme Court in Italy said that she was wearing such tight jeans that she must have consented to this event because she would have had to help her perpetrator remove her own genes. So the women in the legislature in Italy in protest wore genes to work and wanted to really drive home the point that there is no excuse for sexual assault and that no matter what you're wearing or what you're doing, that is not an invitation to be raped. So we just encourage people to educate themselves about these different initiatives. And we try to put web articles out and tweets and Facebook posts about all these initiatives going on during the month of April. 
And are there any other ways that individuals can be supportive of those around them that have experienced sexual assault? Absolutely. We really try, of course, to drive home the point to start by believing, whether it's through that initiative or just on a personal level. If somebody discloses to you that something happened to them, you know, you can use supportive terms like, I believe you, or it took a lot of courage for you to tell me about this. Just being supportive and non-judgmental goes a long way. And then, of course, helping that person by connecting them with advocacy and police, whether they choose to, to file a police report or not. Just connecting them. And as Margie mentioned, you know, connecting something with a special victims unit officer will not automatically generate a police report. We are here as a resource. We can answer questions and just help people think about what they want to do in the future about moving forward or not. We want to be here as a resource. So what resources are available to University of Michigan students, faculty, staff, all of us within the U of M community? The resources available on U of M's um, campus are pretty wide. Um, the first resource that we recommend for students who've been sexually assaulted is if it's happened within recently within five days, we encourage everyone to seek medical treatment. And again, they can get a, a sexual assault medical forensic exam completed and evidence collected at either University Health Services or Michigan Medicine Hospital at no charge to them and with no commitment to file a police report. When they seek that medical treatment, those medical providers will reach out to Safe House Center and the Sexual Assault Prevention Awareness Center, SAPAC, and have an advocate respond to meet with that survivor so that they right immediately have access to that confidential resource. Additional resources on campus include CAPS and the Dean of Students Office and the Office of Institutional Equity. And how can students access tools uh, you know, you mentioned these resources, how they can access them, but how can students access these tools and just learn more information about these services and resources that are available at U of M? So I, I think um, just going to U of M's um, webpage and putting in sexual assault will bring up a wide variety of resources. Um, we mentioned the Sexual Assault Prevention Awareness Center, SAPAC, and I think they're the number one resource we think of um, in terms of sexual assault survivors because they are confidential and they have a pretty comprehensive program um, to support survivors. So that's one of the uh, main resources that we recommend. Um, also, they will find um, information about CAPS and the Dean of Students Office crisis intervention um, team that can help when someone is dealing with something as traumatic as a sexual assault. And of course, as a police department and a special victims unit, we wanna be a resource to survivors too. And anyone can reach out to our department by calling 734-763-1131. That is our 24 hour a day dispatch center. They can request to speak to an officer or an officer from the special victims unit and someone will um, speak with them, answer their questions and give them information so that they can um, be empowered to make decisions moving forward. And also students can contact SVU and we can set up a phone call or a Zoom meeting just to discuss options, just to answer any questions. And um, we just wanna make sure that, especially during uh, this time that people are still learning and working remotely, that we do have the ability to meet by Zoom or phone call if that works out for the survivor. They can also send an email to our 
Special Victims Unit email, which is special.victims.unit at umich.edu. And then also um, through that email, you can student groups or even groups of staff members can request presentations, um, SVU presentations at any time. Thank you so much. And we'll include all of that information in our show notes as well, so that those websites and email addresses are easily findable. Is there anything else that either of you would like to share? The one thing I would add, and we've mentioned this in the past, is that we really want to let our staff, students, and visitors know that we are a resource and we are here to help. We will never force somebody to move forward with an investigation if they don't want to. We really want to be here as a resource and help people make informed decisions on how they want to move forward after a traumatic event like this. Thank you both so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.